Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful day to worship the Lord. What a wonderful honor and opportunity to be in the presence of God again. Many people uh, don't have an opportunity to worship God and honor God. And I'm just so grateful to God for all that He has done in your life and my life. Um, today I want to continue taking on this series, which I've started last week. It's called The Glorious Church. God's Glorious Church. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. You are Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. We see Jesus saying in the scriptures that he is going to build his church. And it's a promise that God gives according to his word. That God is so committed to his body, the church. God is so committed to the family of God. You know, in the scriptures, we see that when people got saved, when believers got born again in the word of God, they just didn't go back home. Of course, they did go back home. But they were not just sent back home. They were, they were called on to become part of the community of believers. They were called on to become the part of the body of Christ. They were taught the concept of community, of worship, of church, of serving, of loving, of sacrificing, of generosity. There was so much that was taught to the believing community. You see, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter preached the gospel message, 3,000 gave their life to the Lord. But before they gave their life to the Lord, the Bible says their hearts were cut. And they said to Peter and said to the apostles, what then shall we do? And Peter tells them about the need. You need to turn to God. You need to repent. You need to be born again. You need to receive Jesus. And they received the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says in verse 41 on Acts 2, Acts 2, 41, it says like this, that those who accepted the message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 were added to their number. Which means there was a community that they were being added to. They were saying there were a group of people that loved Jesus and that day 3,000 more were added to that group. The Bible is talking about a gathering together of people that loved Jesus. A coming together, a worshipping together, a praying together, a giving together, a sacrificing together. Although this scripture does not, you know, it doesn't directly refer to this word church that they were gathered to the church. But the Bible says they were gathered to the number and they were worshipping God together. So, we see that the gospel talks about the beginning of the ecclesia. The beginning of this church. The beginning of the New Testament church. Which is different from the, the, the country of Israel. Or the land of Israel. It was the people that were following Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, in, Luke's, uh, in Acts 5.14 also. In Acts 5.14 we see... That again, Luke is talking about the believers being added to the Lord. Which means there was a specific community or group or people. Not just, uh, you know, not, not, uh, not that they were just added to the Lord as into the faith alone. But the Bible says people begin to be afraid 
of their number would be, would be trembling because of the fear of God. People were afraid of becoming part of them because of the fear of God. Whatever judgment of God came on the people. So those that came together were considered a group of people, were considered a community of people. And this community is called the body of Christ. For God, the body of Christ is very, very, very important. We are living in a time and age where privacy is so important. Uh, My individual space is so important. My feelings are so important. What I want is so important. And yet you find out that most leaders will tell you that their journey on the way up in leadership has always been a journey of giving up my rights, my wishes for the greater cause. Or, Or even every freedom struggle. Every fight that people have ever fought in any nation of the world for freedom has always been at the cost of giving up their personal freedom to win freedom for a nation. You see that, that the church was also purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. As a leader, he stepped out and he found the church so important to God that he purchased the church with the blood of Jesus. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 A very, very important portion of scripture. You see, Apostle Paul is meeting up with the elders of the church of Ephesus. And he says like this in verse 28, Be on guard for yourself and be on guard for all the flock. He's telling the elders or the pastors of Ephesus, I want you to guard the flock. I want you to take care of the church or the flock. He calls the church a flock. A flock is what? A gathering of a group of sheep. He says, I want you to... Keep your eyes open for the flock of what? Not a sheep, but of believers. Be on guard for yourself and for the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So the Bible is bringing about a concept where Paul is telling the Ephesian leaders, pastors, that God has made you shepherd over a flock of people. And God has made you overseers or leaders, pastors, to shepherd the church of God. So he brings about the concept of sheep and shepherd and a flock. God is saying that the church is the sheep and the pastors are the shepherd under the great over-shepherd Jesus. And he says that God has called, God has made you pastors over the church. And it says, which he purchased with his own blood. Wow. The church of God was so important to God. He's saying... He's not saying that he purchased you with his blood alone. He's not talking about he purchased every individual alone with his blood. He's saying he purchased the whole church with the blood of Jesus. The church was so important to God that he's saying that he purchased the whole church with the blood. And that is why God says, this church which I purchased with my blood, I've shed my blood for the church, is my bride. Jesus calls his church. As his bride. Not just every believer. He calls the whole church his bride. Ephesians 5.27 says. That he might present himself. The church. In all her glory. The glorious church. Having no spot or wrinkle. Wrinkle or any such thing. But that she would be holy and blameless. What is the context? It's talking about how. You know. Husbands. Love your wives and. And, and, you know, love your wives in a way Jesus loved the church and gave himself for the church. So he compares the relationship between a husband and a wife and the love between a husband 
for a wife as the love for Jesus for the church. And he says that he wants to present us. So he's showing the church to take the place of a bride. Jesus, you know, for a husband, a bride is very important. So anybody going to get married to a bride, for that man, the woman is so important. He wants her to be happy. He wants her to be taken care of. He wants her to, you know, know that, to feel safe. In such a way, Jesus is saying, this is how I look at my bride, the church. He calls the church his bride. In fact, he goes on, the Bible says that he calls his church his household, his family. For every uh, Every house there is a head of house. Jesus is the head of his church. He calls it the household. He says he's not the head of just every believer. But he's head of the entire church. He's the head of the entire body. And he goes on to call it the household. First Timothy 3 verse 14 to 15 says, I am writing these things to you. Paul is writing to Timothy. Hoping to come to you before long. But in case I'm delayed, I write to you so you will know how one should act in the household of God. He's calling the church the household of Jesus Christ. The family, the household. Now the household, within the household, there is a special belonging. Many of you that are nuclear families, you know that within your household, there's a special belonging. There are people that come as guests. There are people that come and stay for a while. But the family has a belonging. And God calls that a household. He calls the church a household, which means the people from a family living together under one household. And he calls himself as the head of that household. Christ is the head of the household, which is the church of the living God. That's why Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, we so often think in our heart, Christ is my head, my king. Yes, he is my king. He is my Lord. But he is also the king and the Lord of the whole church. Why am I emphasizing this today? Because today we're living in a time and era where we feel in our heart that I can, you know, I don't really need the church, especially if we've gone digital now. And around the world, you know, people are signing in. Uh, to different places where you are attending a service from a distance, but don't belong there. And we don't know that God wants us not only to attend church. He wants us to be part of His church. He wants us to fit into His church. And I'm going to talk about that in a little while. He wants us to belong to a household. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us to just... You know, many of us like are watching the you know church services like we'd watch a CCTV camera at a location. We are from a distance seeing what's happening, but we are not there. In the same way, we can be attending a church service of a distance, being blessed by the word, but never belong to that family. And God wants us to belong to the household. He says, as Christ is also the head of the church. And I believe God brings that very, very specifically. He being, he says, he himself being the savior of the body. He's the head of the church and the savior, not just of the individual. Hallelujah. He's the savior of the whole body, his bride. That he would find every individual important. 
but not at the cost of ignoring his plan for his bride, the church. Does God love me or does God love the church? Let me ask that question again. Does God love me or does God love the church? My answer is, God loved me so much and God loved the church so much that he died individually for me and collectively for the whole church. He loves the church and he loves me. He doesn't love just me and ignores the church. He doesn't love just the church and ignores me. He loves the church and the individual. And every individual coming together, the Bible says he is fitting into the body. The Bible says that we are in fact baptized into the body. We are baptized into the body. First uh, Corinthians 12 and verse 27 says, Now you are Christ's body. Now, many of us like the thought that Christ is in my body. Christ is in my body. The Holy Spirit is in me. Jesus lives in me. But we don't give much thought to the, to the, the revelation that we are now in Christ's body. Hallelujah. He in us and we in him. We like the he in us concept because the he in us tells me that along with everything else I have in the world, I have Jesus also. That makes me feel good. I have a car. I have a home. I have a family. I have money. I have a job. Uh, I have, you know, everything I need in this world. And along with it, I have Jesus. Hallelujah. So I have heaven. So Christ in me can leave me with a consumer mindset alone unless I complete the Christ in me story with the me in Christ. Hallelujah. That I am now part of the body. That I cannot separate myself from the body even if the body doesn't seem so exciting. I remember years ago going to a particular church. I was just joining college. I'd just gone to the church. Uh, it was in a particular part of the nation. I didn't know the language. I didn't know anybody there. Oh, yeah, I knew one person there. Most others I did not know. I didn't know the language. I did not know their songs. I didn't understand the message. But I knew in my heart, that was Christ's body. There were 15 people gathering that morning, worshipping God. And I just knew I belonged. I knew I belonged because that was part of God's body. I was with the family of God, the family that loved Jesus. I didn't know the language. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to talk with them. I know. But I knew in my heart, I belong. Why? Why could I belong to them when I didn't know them? Because I already, when I got saved, I belonged to Christ. I belonged to the church. I belonged to the body of Christ at large. And I knew that God has given us gifts into the body. He baptizes us into the body. In, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Now you are Christ's body. And then it says, And individually members of it or parts of it. Think about the scripture. You are Christ's body. And individually members of it. Which means all of you individual part of Christ 
together make the body of Christ. Which means, if you are missing, if you are missing, and if I am missing, some parts of Christ's body is missing. And yet people find it so easy to not belong to the body. To find fault with the body. That body that they don't like me, they didn't listen to me, they didn't give me a chance to sing, they don't give me offering, they don't, you know, let me preach, they don't that, they don't this, they don't that. And we find it so easy to not belong. Because we're not happy. Now that is not the heart of God. He says you are baptized into the body. What is baptism? It means to be immersed completely. Hello church, I got good news for you. I want to tell you today, the word of God is saying, you are immersed completely into God's church. Hallelujah. Oh, you got immersed completely. And there is no way you and I are going to come out of it until he calls us home. Even when we go home, he's calling his bride back. So if you and I are not part of his bride, we are going to miss out on being part of God's plan in the heavens. Whether we like it or not, we are individually members of the body. The household of God is required to assemble. God says families gather, come together. We're supposed to assemble together. The Bible says... In First Corinthians 14, 26, it says like this, when you come together, uh, what is the outcome, brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters. The very fact that the body of Christ, Paul is addressing people, brothers and sisters, he means to say, you're a family. Amen. For many of us, the word brother and sister is a, is, a, is a greeting word. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. I thank God for that word, brother, sister. Otherwise, we wouldn't know the names of everybody. Brother, praise the Lord. So good to see you. Hallelujah. It's a pastor's lifeline, brother, sister. But it also reminds us that we are brothers and sisters. That we are a family. This glorious church is a royal family. Hallelujah. With Christ as the head. And he says, what's the outcome, brothers? When you assemble. He says, when you assemble. Each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, interpretation. All these things are supposed to be done for edification. It doesn't say, if you assemble. The word of God says, when you assemble. Hallelujah. When you assemble. Which means, I'm not asking whether you are willing to assemble. The Bible is saying, When you assemble, which means come together, which means this household is supposed to have household family time, gathering together, worshipping together, serving together, praying together, working together. Many of us, we call ourselves the temple of the Holy Spirit, for don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Indeed, 1 Corinthians and chapter 6, verse um, verse 19 says, Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? We all know that verse. Many of us, we, uh, you know, we've come through an uh, an era, I've grown up in an era where, where we heard so much about the gospel and about what Christ has done for me. The Bible says, for don't you know that your body, your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But did you know? That the same scripture in Ephesians and the same Bible in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 to 22 says, that the church is the body of the Lord. So Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 6 tells me that 
my body is the temple of God. But Ephesians 2, 22 to 20, 20 to 22 says that his body is the temple of the Lord. That's what it says. Let's look at Ephesians 2, verse 20 to 22. Having been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building, Christ the cornerstone, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple. The whole body fitted together, growing into a holy temple. Not only is my body the temple of the Holy Spirit, we all as a church, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Growing into a holy temple in whom you are being built together. Built together. Amen? Built together. Which means we are being put together, built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. God is saying, not only, He says, you know, when Solomon and David built a temple so that God's presence would come, God is saying, no, now I moved it from those buildings. I am going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. But He goes on to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not only going to fill you, I'm going to build you together, make you a body, and that body is going to be the place of revival. That body is going to be the place of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That place is a place where you're going to spur one another to grow in the Lord. To be strengthened in the Lord. To love God. To know God. The church is a place where you are going to be experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not in a building like David and Solomon thought. But in the body of believers, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You can gather in a so-called church building, or you can gather on the streets, or you can gather in the homes, or you can gather in the stadiums. But wherever the lovers of God, the believers, the family gathers, the church has gathered, and there God is saying, I have built my temple. Hallelujah. It is in the people coming together. And so God goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 3, 17, if anybody destroys my temple. You know, 1 Corinthians 3 is talking about the church as the temple of God. If anybody destroys my church, I will destroy him, says the Lord. God is so serious about his church. God loves his church so much. His body, the body of Christ. If anybody destroys my church, I will destroy him. God says, I will personally Take up the case against anybody who is going to touch my bride. Including pastors and leaders who destroy his body. I'm going to pick it up, says the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 12. We know that the scriptures say we are one, you know, one body, many parts. And uh, we're, all, we're all different parts of the same body. And the Bible says that we all doing different functions. Some more honorable, some not so honorable. Some presentable, some not so presentable. And yet God says, God wants us to work together as a family and have no division 
in the body. The glorious church of God. One of the signs of a glorious church, which I will be talking about in the coming weeks. But one of the signs of a glorious church is a united church. A church that stands together. Unity is not uniformity. When you go to a school, many times you go to some of the schools, they have a uniform. They want you to be uniform. And so they give you a same kind of dress so they can identify you or whatever. The army has a uniform. The police department has a uniform. But unity is not uniformity. God wants you to move from uniformity into a place of unity where our hearts are knit together. And then God wants us to move from a place of unity to becoming one. Where in John 17 he said, unity is not enough. I want you to become one bride, one body, one family. Many times we try to limit the plan of God. Many of us don't understand the, the power of being fitted together. Fitting together doesn't naturally happen. In a factory, it takes effort to put all those parts together. In a body, it takes effort to fit in. You know, in, in a family, it takes effort to fit in. You have to learn to close your eyes. When you get married, both, both people's spouses begin to see the weaknesses of their families that you get married into. But it takes effort to close your eyes to the things because you value unity and you now value oneness that you can become one. In the same way, in the body of Christ, When we are fitted together, we become the bodies and members of one another. Where I don't become my own, I become a member of the body. You become a member of body that makes all of us belong to one another. Now that's a very difficult place to be in today's time and age. Where I want to check out when I want to check out and check in when I want to check in. But God says, no, the day, if you are saying I am saved, you are baptized into the body. Hallelujah. If you're saying I'm saved, you are immersed into the body of Christ, into the local church, into the, into the body, the bride of Christ. You cannot come out of that. Romans 12 verse 5 says, so we who are many are one body individually part of one another. So when the church gathers, there is a presence of God coming in the gathering of his family. Hallelujah. He's saying, I as a father want to be among my children. I want to be not only in every children's home in a private time alone. He also wants to be in the gathering of his children. The family coming together. That's why the Bible says in the gospel of Matthew, he says, we're two or three, Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three are gathered together, I will be there. Jesus honors the gathering of his church. Jesus honors the gathering of the body. Jesus honors the gathering, the anointing that God wants to bring upon the church, where two or three are gathered. The church was gathered together, not individually, individuals walking with God alone. It was individuals walking with God, fitted together in the body, because they are baptized into the body, and they come to do life together, learn from one another, equip one another, sharpen one another, pray for one another, love one another, encourage one another, because we are one body, hallelujah, we are the bride of Christ. And through this church, God wants to manifest His wisdom. 
Nowhere in the Bible does the Bible says, through you individually, I'm going to manifest my wisdom. He says, through the church, I'm going to show the demonic hosts what my wisdom is. Which means it's in the coming together is the, is the, you know, destroying the works of the devil is in the coming together of the church. In the coming together, he will be there. His presence is in the coming together. His anointing is in the coming together. His destroying the works of the devil is in the coming together. His manifestation of God's wisdom is in the coming together. This is why he loves his bride. He knows that we cannot do it alone. And he knows that no one denomination, no one organization is he going to allow to be called the church. It's the body of God at large. The multifaceted wisdom of God is not going to be demonstrated through any one ministry. Whether we feel so or not, God is going to do it through all kinds of people. Years ago I heard that Derek Prince said like this one day. He said, I don't have the mind of Christ. You don't have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. It's in coming together. You know, many times those couples that have been married a while and you love each other and, you know, you've been doing life together. You know that when a crisis comes, you want your spouse to be there because you want to ask, what do you think? What do you think of this? You know, and, and that's why God wants us to be a body, a family. He wants us to belong. He wants us to be able to ask, Pastor, what do you think? You know, there are things, even now I ask my elderly father, he's 85. Even now I ask him, what do you think? How about that? Tell me about this. Why? Because, because we belong. Because we're a family. Therefore we can ask. I ask my wife. I ask, we ask the children. Why? Because we're a family. We can ask. And God sees the wisdom of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil by coming together. The fullness of God, God did not put in any one individual. The fullness of God, God put in his church. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 1.23. He says, which is his body? It's talking about the church. Which is his body? The fullness of him who fills all in all. He fills all in all in the body, in the church. And brings everything under his headship, subjected to his body, the church. That he's going to bring everything in all creation. It says in Ephesians, when Paul is talking about, the, you know, in Ephesians chapter 1, he's saying he's going to bring, he plans to bring everything together, in the heavens and on the earth, together. Ephesians 1.10, he's going to bring it together. And the, and the great vision God has, is that in the fullness of time, in the consummation of time, of all age and time, at the end of time, that God is going to bring everything under one head, which is Christ. And that Christ is going to, you know, going to rule and reign. And he's going to have his body with him, which is the church. Which means God's plan for you is not just here on earth. His plan for you is to be part of his church. And this church, he has an eternal plan. Which means his plan for you is not just on life here on earth. His plan for you is eternal. Imagine. Imagine God has planned for you. He says, I have plans for you, not to bless you, but to, you know, not to harm you, but to bless you. Uh, you thought those plans were only for earth. 
You thought those plans were only for your geography. But God is saying those plans are for eternity. That I have plans for your eternity as I bring all things in subjection. And I believe church is a type. This is what the, church, the world is waiting for. When they see the church, they must see the forgiveness of God. That God is a forgiving God. When they see the church, they must see God is a, is a reconciling God. He's reconciling the church to God. A bride that was estranged, God has reconciled back to God. He can do it for the world. When they see the church, they can see that how God has raised the church from the dead. In the same way God can raise our spirits that are alienated from God. And bring it back to God. Christ died for the whole church. Christ didn't die just for the individual. He died for the whole body. In fact, God does not permit us to live independent lives. He says, I want you to be together. Just as one body and many parts. Romans 12 verse 4 to 5 says, For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body parts don't have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, individually parts of one another. What, he, what has God done? He has put different gifts in different people. And he's saying, only when you come together does that gift really make sense. Because we use that gift to serve one another. He's put a gift in me. And this morning, even as I'm sharing God's word, it's a manifestation of the gift God has put on my life. So that... I could be a blessing to you. And when you all come together, there is a manifestation of your gift. Some people serving this morning here in this house. Some people just, just leading worship. Some people, you know, you know, making coffee or doing the small things. There is a manifestation of your gift. And that's making the church a place where the world will look and say, you know what? It's so amazing how God has healed and reconciled. God does not want us to Operate independently. In fact, God's calling us to build one another up. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Many of you know this portion of scripture. Therefore, encourage one another. He does not want us to live this individual life. He says, love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. When will this happen? When we come together as a body. God has called us to preach, teach, minister, pray. Encourage, stand for one another. When Peter was arrested and put in jail, the whole church prayed. Where? In someone's house. Why could, they didn't pray individually alone. They came together and prayed because they were all baptized into the body. They understood the power of a glorious church. When God says glorious church, he's not talking about a glorious individual alone. God has a plan for all of us together as a glorious church. The church prayed together in times of need. People were sent by the church. You see, Paul and Barnabas, they were prayed, fasted, and sent on a mission by the church. For God's sake, the bride sent Paul and Barnabas. Oh, we thought Paul and Barnabas planted the bride. No, God, God saved people and brought them into the body. And then that church prayed for Paul and Barnabas and sent them. When they go to a new city, they were received by the church. When the church came together, Paul and Barnabas came. When they went to Jerusalem, they were received by the church. When they went to new cities where the churches were there, they were received by the church. And the church supplied their need. God gave them an offering, took care of them, housed them, prayed for them, opened the doors. They gathered in houses and they preached to the church gathering in that house. Because Paul and Barnabas recognized the power 
and the love God has for his church. The church leadership was very involved with the church. They taught, they preached, they gathered, they gave, they, they gave stru- instructions. They, you know, did so many things together. They were greeted by the church. They were sent by the church. They were supported by the church. And all of this because they were baptized into the church. God doesn't want you to be a loner. God doesn't want you to live a, 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 an alone life. That's not the plan of God. And if you're living a loner life today, I want to tell you, that's not the heart of God. It's not the plan of God. You'll be missing out on so much that God has planted. God has, in fact, appointed in the church first apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers. Which means God's appointing is happening in his body where he's given gifts to people together to be built up. In fact, when God appoints people in the church, God also wants a culture in the church. There's a culture. In fact, when he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, where he writes to Timothy, he says like this in verse uh, 15, he says, but if I'm delayed, I write to you that you may know how one should act or behave in the house of God. Which means in the body, Jesus wants a culture. He says, there is a way to behave in the house of God. Don't just behave worldly or ungodly. Or, when you come to the house of God, behave godly. Live right. Walk right. Live in a godly fashion. There is a behavior in the family. You don't behave in public in the house of God like you'd behave privately in your bedroom. God says, there is a culture I want you to keep. A culture of holiness. A culture of kindness. A culture of honor. A culture of goodness. A culture of forgiveness. Because we are all baptized, immersed completely into the body. In fact, when we go to see the Lord, the Bible says leaders like us, we have to give account. We are going to have to give account Not for our lives alone. We are going to have to give account for the body. Now that's a scary thing. You know, one day I was telling the Lord, Lord, our people don't give us account. What account will we give you? (laughs) You know, whether they give account or not, it's our job as leaders to teach, to minister, to speak the truth. And when we see the Lord face to face, He's going to ask us for an account for the body. Every individual listening to me, He's going to ask leaders like me an account for the church. But he's going to ask you for an account for how you were part of the church. He's going to ask you for an account of how you served in the body. How you lived a life baptized into the body. How you lived a life, maybe not comfortably saying, oh, that's, they're not good, or that's not good, or, or this is not good in that. But God is saying, that's why I'm sending you there, that I can make what, that which is not so good into a good place. God sent all of you so that he can make the body a better place. He sent me because God wants to do that through my life. In fact, the house of God is a place where the judgments of God will flow. Therefore, God wants us to be participants in the body, not just spectators. God does not want a glorious church filled of spectators. God wants a glorious church filled with participants in any family if the children sit back and they're just spectators all the parents will get up and say you can't be spectator in the house you got to be a participant why this is your house why should you clean the table this is your house why should you take care of the home this is your house if we are part of the family we will become participants 
And that's what God's, it's on God's heart. God's saying, through the whole church, Ephesians chapter 1, He's saying, through the whole church, through your participation, through your participation as a church, I want to let the demonic hosts know what is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Through your participation in the work of God, through your participation in the body of Christ, through your participation, I want to know, let the world know and the devils know what is the wisdom of God. Because God, as the head of the church, He's going to, He's victorious and overcoming every work of the devil. And we as His body, also He has placed this demonic host under our feet. He's raising leaders and pastors in the body, given as gifts to the church, so that they can equip the saints for what? Participation in the body. That we can equip the saints for serving, for participating in the body. Imagine a leg is paralyzed. It's not participating in the life of the body. In the similar way, you and I are not called to be paralyzed part of God's glorious church. He's calling us to be participant, active part of God's glorious church. Hallelujah. That's what he's called the fivefold ministry for. And I believe as Christ is the head, he's given gifts to us. And he's saying, no competition, please. Just compliment one another. No coming and fighting. I am smarter than you. I know better than you. You are like that. I am like, no. He says, come in and just compliment. And the only way we can compliment is when there's no fear, when there's love, that God can cause us to compliment one another. And today as I close, I want to tell you, God does not want us to follow private, just internet-based personal benefit, consumer mindset, individualized Christianity. God wants us to be part of His body. No denomination by itself is the body. It's the bodies out there in the land. Among all the churches there are believers that love God. And God wants us to get out of our I, Jesus and my Bible mindset. That me, my Jesus, my Bible And he says, my Jesus is who I am part of. That's why to learn my Bible, I come to the body. That is why to learn to serve, I come to the body. That is why even though I have my time with God, I grow there and then I come to my Jesus and I come to my Jesus' bride and I come to my Jesus' body with my Jesus' gifts so that I can serve my Jesus we need to get out of the mentality of just me myself or just me and my local church and I believe we need to get out of mentality of just a local church or have you seen my church have you heard their worship or their word that God wants us to say thank you Lord for what you've blessed me with locally but God's calling me to love the body globally hallelujah with all their shortcomings with all their mistakes with all their failures And I believe God wants us to change our mindset that we are the only church in the city. No, we are not. God wants us to change our mindset that we are the only church in the land or the only body or the only exclusive. No, God is not given exclusivity. We are part of God's body. We are baptized into the body of Christ. And I believe God wants us to take action. God wants us to actively live out the body of Christ. How? By no strife in the body. By honoring one another. 
by loving one another by serving one another by praying for one another by encouraging one another by continually gathering together so church even as we are again towards the you know end of this pandemic right now we are beginning to gather the church together again and so it's important for you to come continually continually come let's come and worship together in the house of the lord you know let's worship together let's not live isolated lives let's come together let's understand that this church does not belong to one super pastor it belongs to the body the church doesn't belong to one super father it belongs to the household you know when the family comes together there's fun and there's laughter and there's games and there's joy and there's prayer and there's all of that and god is calling us back into the body when god is calling us he's not calling us just to have a super ministry he's calling us to be a functional part of god's body which is the church so to sum up today all i want to say is that god not only loves the world he loves his church he loves his body god's not calling you and me to an individualized ministry he's calling us to his bride to serve the bride of the lord hallelujah let's pray together father we thank you for this precious day and father lord if we have for whatever reason seen our salvation as unique and just for ourselves we want to repent to oh lord and we want to say jesus our salvation just like you saved me you saved the church and you have saved me and baptized me into the church you've saved me and given me gifts so that i can serve the church you saved me and planted me in the church so i can pray for the church encourage the church that we can rejoice together as a church in spite of all the faults i know you are committed to the church we rejoice in your plan we submit ourselves and we say father be glorified not only in my life but be glorified in and through your church in jesus mighty name we commit to it to be baptized into the church baptized into christ's body the church and spend our lives serving and through the church reach the lost in jesus mighty name amen and amen god bless you thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in